on social media that that has this and they want this now and it's you know because we're in that that culture where everything is so fast i can get the answers to anything i want in a matter of seconds or i can you know pull up information in a matter of seconds and then for me not to be able to have a business you know that dream i want it now whereas it might take me 10 years to build that to the point where it's my dream um, and i think there's just a disconnect there that people don't fully realize that they don't have to have it now they need to build it to where it is yeah i've I've heard people say that it's a microwave society and i think that's yeah. pretty accurate description yeah. because we do we want to you know wham bam now mm-hmm. and you know we want to just skip all the hard parts and there's very few people that get to skip the hard parts and you know as amazing as that may seem like that sounds you learn so much during the hardships i've learned more from the times that I tripped and fell on my face or, Absolutely. you know, I, I'm also, I've talked about this on the show that I'm a jumper, you know, I'm more of a hesitant jumper now cause I have got burnt a lot, <laughs> but I'm a jumper and that's not necessarily a bad quality if it's honed in too correctly. Um, but you know, I've been burnt a lot from mm-hmm. jumping and, but I've learned from each and every one of those times and I'll, I'll never stop being a jumper because I, I, you know, I like being a risk taker, you know? Yeah. If, if you just stay in one spot, you're not going to go anywhere. And I would rather trip and fall on my face and say, okay, well, that hurt a little bit, and then get up and yep. keep going. Yeah. I mean, I love what I do in the world of Google. Brandon is, you know, jumping on board and has jumped on board for yep. almost two years now with that with me. And it has been an amazing ride that I've been able to take with Google over the last four and a half years. And to see everything that's happened to the Google My Business page. But my dream still is to be that life coach for people in the world of business. Mm -hmm. Because for women especially, you have so many outside things that play a role in you that you question, am I doing Mm -hmm. the right thing? But even for young kids, I mean, you have parents who think you should have gone to college, you should go to college and you should get this eight to five job and you should do this and do that because they did it. Mm -hmm. But you come out of college with this entrepreneurial mindset, especially you, and you know, and then you get involved with, us crazy girls, and I mean now, yeah, like, I, you know, I, I mean we're already like okay, Brandon's already like job, like a business owner, of yeah. like business number three now, yeah. I think. Or... So did you name your first business the the one that you work? Whether you cut Fire. wood, firewood, did uh, you yeah, name it, was it? Fireside Firewood. Fireside Firewood. Yep. See, I like that. That's good. Yep, and it was it was kind of just on a whim. Um, I, so I grew and you were fourteen. I was fourteen, um, and I played really competitive baseball. So the idea, and we had just cut a driveway. We were we were uh, building a new house. So we had cut this driveway, and there was a whole bunch of wood down. So the thought was, I'm going to swing an axe because I want to strengthen my back to swing a baseball bat. You know, yeah. That was the idea. So it yeah. had nothing to do with there's a market for it. It had yeah. nothing to do with I need to make money. It yeah. was it was a selfish reason to get stronger. Yeah. Um, and after splitting a couple loads, I realized hey, I can, I can sell this stuff, you know? Yeah. And again, I was in sports, I was in school, I, I was only 14, so I couldn't go down and work at McDonald's, um, even if I did have the time to, uh, which I definitely didn't. Um, but, you know, wood was something I could do after dark or mm-hmm. on the weekends and, you know, after practice, before school. I was out splitting wood before school, which um, my parents 
didn't appreciate necessarily, but understood. Yeah. Um, they liked the drive, but they didn't like being woke up at 5 a.m. Oh, it's a.m. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or with, with me outside. With an outside of that. <laughs> um, Sorry. But anyway, so, so yeah, that was, it was interesting. You know, you show up to a, a customer and your mom's driving the truck because yeah. dad's at work license. and mom's a, mom's a school teacher. So, um, you know, the, the summer she drives me, I have no license, no permit even. And I show up and, and I'm handling these deals and the guy looks at me like, uh, I think you're a little young to be doing this, aren't you? And I said, well, do you want your wood or not? You yeah. know? And, and that was just kind of the mindset I had is no, I'm not too young. Yeah. I, I did your service for you. What do you mean? I'm too young. I'm doing it. Um, I think it's unexpected from people. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, especially now yeah. with a manual labor job like that. You know, if I walked into somebody with what we're doing now with Google related, they're like, oh, you're a young kid. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. You understand technology. Yeah. Um, but especially from a manual label, that was, that was a hurdle I didn't realize was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, when I started it, it wasn't, had no intention of it being a business. Um, and then I realized, hey, I can scale this. And I was, you know, really involved in campgrounds. Um, we camped my entire life, still do. Um, that's actually, I bought a camper when we went out west. So that's, that's always been part of my life. Um, being outdoors and being in those campgrounds. So I started marketing to campgrounds specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually I had so much demand that I couldn't sell during the winter. I had to only do summers when I was home from college. Um, and I actually, I ran it until, uh, the day before I turned 21. Um, so my, you know, May 25th, um, I, I closed down fireside firewood, uh, solely because, you know, I, my summers, I didn't have weekends or, um, you know, fr- Friday night, date night, I guess what we were doing, you yep. know, we were, <laughs> we were unloading wood, yeah. uh, because no that's, wonder you're single. Well, <laughs> that's, that's the thing with, with owning your own business that they don't tell you is it takes Friday night. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, if that's the business you chose yeah. and, and there were times I would tell customers like, Hey, I can't do Friday. I, I've already got plans. Yeah. Um, and, and I've lost clients because of that. So it's a decision that you choose, where am I going to put my time at? And I think that's with anything, but especially as a business owner. Well, and I think you, you just said it is everybody thinks about, you know, the glorious parts of owning a bit. I'm going to, you know, cause we see all this stuff. I'm no. sitting on the beach with my laptop and working my own time. And yeah, that does exist, but it's also the fact, especially I know in my experience as a mom, I'm, you know, do wearing the hat of a mom, wearing the hat as a wife, trying to get the dishes done, the food cooked and deal with the garden and coming in and answering calls. And, you know, it's, it's, definitely not glorious. And, um, I mean, there's been moments where I've been answering calls from home and I've shared this before, so this is not a secret, but you know, a client will call that isn't necessarily one that I want to answer with my kids, like beating each other to mm-hmm. death in the background. So I'm like, crap. So I'm like <laughs> running in my master bedroom, locking the door, running in my bathroom, locking the door. And then I'll stand in the shower. Cause it's, you know, it's very echoey and kind of like office yep. sounded in yep. the shower. I'm like, hello, <laughs> you know, and where there's like complete chaos. Like, I mean, like they're like murdering each uh, other outside the door. Out oh, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. They're like, boom, 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 mom! you know, boom, uh-huh. boom. it's bad. So, I mean, that, that's the reality. And that's the part that I think, if we did talk about that more, then I don't think people would quit as soon. Because I think what happens, if, especially if you look at just the amount of businesses that fail their first year. Oh, yeah. I think they don't realize that that first year is, like, awful. I mean, that first year is, is you're, you're, gonna, you're questioning everything mm-hmm. at every turn. You're like, okay, is this even worth it? Because you're exhausted. 
you know, you're not seeing the money come in that you thought because you thought, you know, you was just going to plug it in like a machine and it was just going to be like, bam, you know, and it's not like that. So you're questioning, are you good enough? And then, of course, all the little voices come in. Mm-hmm. Well, you shouldn't have even tried this. All you did was waste money to start this and yep. just go get a job or, you know, whatever. All your voices are in your head. And, you know, the the idea that so many people quit so soon, I think, is one of the driving forces for me as far as trying to help people to know that it's okay that you want to quit. I mean, there was times that I would go home and I'd go in my room and I'd sit on my bed and I would like ugly cry. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore because you know, I was exhausted and I was frustrated and you know, I was on my side killing myself and you know, Clients don't understand a lot of times because, you know, they don't get to see the back workings. I mean, mm-hmm. and that, that's like that with any industry. I mean, well, think about what you, you're all trying to balance. They don't understand yeah. the backside of what you do yeah. and the volume of clients you have. Not just even that. I mean, that's no excuse in that respect. But, I mean, the volume of work that goes along with each client. And if every one of them wants you to hold their hand in the way that yeah. possibly they do, if they could look at it that way and say, I have 62 clients that all want me to hold their hand. And I have one I, client right yeah, now. I have two hands. Daily. <laughs> I have two hands. <laughs> you do the math. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, it, it, well, it's like that with any industry, if you think about it. I mean, we're all so quick to judge. I mean, how many times have you gone to a restaurant and it takes forever for you to get seated? Yeah. You know, yeah. and then you go sit down and it takes forever for the waitress to come. And then, you know, your food takes forever to come. And well, then I think that's that instant gratification. Yeah. Everyone wants it now. And they don't realize, and I have waitressed, so I, yeah, I can come yeah. from the other side, that they they probably are short, you know, grill cooks. And yep. somebody didn't show up, and they've got customers that are screaming at them, and mm-hmm. they're tired and exhausted because maybe they've got a baby that kept them up all night. I mean, yep. there's so many things that go on that we're so quick to kind of jump and say, oh, my gosh, this sucks, you know. And it sucks for me. Yeah, it sucks for me. I've been inconvenienced, and, uh-huh. you know... That, you know, that was one of the things that started that I started to see when we were kind of all like quarantined in our own homes and nobody could do anything is that that I started to see um, a little bit of that going away. There was more understanding. I feel like it's starting to go the other way now because everybody's like gone back to their their you know kind of normal. Yeah. But during that time, I, I was watching a lot of stuff going on on social media, and there was so much understanding. I was like, oh, well, maybe this is like <laughs> the world healing. You know, oh. Uh-huh. You know, but lesson in disguise. Yeah, I'll, in some ways, I think it I think was. It has, yeah, I really do. Well, there are things that, like, I think uh, I think I was talking to my mom. Her and I had this conversation. Like, there are things that have been implemented during this time that I hope don't go. Away. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, there. You know, I, and I'm, yeah. I'm like, I kind of like that. Let's keep this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, like the idea of people being able to work from home, even if you are the person that you know works for somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pressure. Um, that was one of the things that kind of prompted me to go out on my own in the marketing world because I always did the wellness, but I, you know, I needed to make more money, so I worked for somebody else in the marketing world for the longest time mm-hmm. until um, I had my 11 year old son who's autistic, and you know, it's it's hard enough with a kid that's not on the spectrum and having a kid on the spectrum. You never knew what kids you were waking up with, mm-hmm. so he would have hard, hard, hard days, and you know. I've, I've shared a lot about this as well. Just having a special needs kid is isolating. It is so isolating because it's hard for somebody that's not in that world to understand that understand world. It. I mean, they feel sorry, which nobody wants to feel. I don't want anybody to feel you sorry for pity. me. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want pity. You know, uh, but, you know, to have somebody understand is like, wow. But, it, you know, 
I would have meetings at, you know, 7 a.m. Well, if he was having a bad day, that meeting wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And that was just like, it was so stressful, so stressful that finally I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to quit. I'm going to have to quit. And I ended up quitting. And I was not sure what I was going to do, honestly, because mm-hmm. I was like, ah, because I mean, we, like most people, you build your life on the money you make. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so we had built our life and we have a thousand kids and, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, what am I going to do? So I just started freelancing and, um, I never planned it to be a business. It was, yeah. you know, when my account was like, okay, you're going to have to figure out, you're either going to do this <laughs> like a business or you're like, I'm like, all right. So I started thinking, you know, what is it that I want to do? Because I, I, as you know, as a freelancer, I was like, oh, you'll pay me to do that. Okay. Sure. So, I mean, there was no, He's like, whatever, yeah. Right? yeah, there was no, like, design on what I wanted to do. There Especially was no plan. Especially with kids and no, no. Income. you're doing whatever Yeah, you I was, can. oh, yeah. I did everything. I mean, I did so much stuff. I was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And if I didn't know how, I would watch a bunch of videos and mm-hmm. figure it out and give them a discount. Well, you'll be my first person I've ever done this with, so I'm going to give you a deal on it. But yep. I, I learned a lot of skills doing it like that, too. Um, that really has helped me in the long run. But I know whenever I decided to kind of start with my business, I wanted to make an impact. That's always been like me and Sharon talked about this the last time that we recorded is that if you dig back to the core of who I am as a person, I've always mm-hmm. wanted to help. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just that helping. So you can look at it from the wellness angle. I want to help. And from the business angle, I just want to help. Yeah. And because, you know, they say, uh, teach what you didn't know or needed to know and be who you needed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, if you had to dig back to what my core concept is, no matter which business you're talking mm-hmm. about, it's that, you know, I want to be able to be kind of that person to say, don't give up, you know, or maybe it is, okay, this is a terrible, I, I have said that to people, this is a horrible idea. Yeah. I know that yeah. you're set on it, but let's not. Well, I think I can agree with you there with, you know, people always ask me like, what, what do you see yourself as? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's, you have no idea. That's all over the place. But I think if I dig back, the one word I guess I always consider myself is is teacher. Yeah. But like, I'm not in education. Yeah. You know, my mom is a you know fourth grade school teacher, but I'm a teacher in a different aspect. And um, you know, one of the podcasting, of course, is is something I listen to a lot. And um, one of them I listen to is the Dave Ramsey Show, which is a, a finance related uh podcast but and that's what he says he's like look i'm a teacher yeah and and people call him all the time and say you know i'm a teacher i only make this much money how can i get more how can i you know raise my income and he's like well i'm a teacher you know and, and i think for me that's like when he first said that i said oh you know holy crap i'm i'm a teacher you know that's yeah. what i want to do um and i think that goes back to the helping people and and you learn you learn from your mistakes but i you know, I learned from my dad's mistakes, yeah. you know, because yeah. as growing up, I was watching that and I was seeing that, um, he's told me stories about things and, and, you know, you definitely, you should learn from your own mistakes for sure. Not everyone does, but you should. Um, but I think there's opportunities to learn from other people's mistakes also. Oh, I agree. Um, and that's really, I mean, that's essentially what I, what I want to do, what I do, you know, and that's the whole idea behind, you know, perpetual motion is founded on never stop moving. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's my, my tagline or whatever with, and, and that works in marketing your business or your brain, yeah. or whatever that is, fitness or, you know, or travel it, just in general, it's, you know, you never stop moving. Um, whether you hiccup and, and, or you go down into the ravine, you know, it doesn't matter. You just, okay, what's next? You know, yep. what's the yep. next, how do I, how do I move on from this? Um, and I think that's, I think that 
point right there is what, in my opinion, I know we all define our own success, and I say mm-hmm. that a lot. Um, I can't define your success. I can't define Sharon's success. I can't define anybody's success. Yep. You know, it yep. goes back to your values and your priorities. But my definition for myself of success is is not stopping. You know, mm-hmm. is you know, when I trip and fall and like you said, fall down a ravine and burst into flames and I drag <laughs> yeah. myself up the other side, you know, bleeding. I'm like, all right, well, that's You'd sucks. You'd be the person to come back as a zombie. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, that's, that's just, I mean, that's just how it goes. I mean, you know, I, I'm not the give up type of person. Now I've said it, like, like I said, I've, I've had the day where I go home and I'm oh, bawling yeah. and crying and I'm just exhausted and tired and I, I'm done at the moment, but I'm only done for that moment. Yeah. I can't just quit. Now, that being said, you know, there are times where it becomes evident that whatever dream you're chasing, it just doesn't fit, you know, and you have to know how to realize, and that takes time and experience, but you have to know when to realize, okay, is this just part of it? Is this the climb, you know, to get there? Or is this something that I'm trying to shove a round peg into a square hole? And I think that's where, first of all, I think that's where reset comes in. Yeah. The whole mindset there. I mean, we mentioned earlier. Um, but also I think that's where surrounding yourself with other people comes in, you know, that, that core group that's willing to kind of speak truth in your life that says, you know, Hey, this, you'll get through this, you know, keep moving. You're, you're almost there. I can, I can see it for you. Um, or, you know, them being able to be honest with you to say, Hey, you're chasing your tail, quit wasting your time with this. It's, you know, it's not possible. Take a step back. We need to take a step back and reevaluate what you're doing. So you're not wasting time and and money and effort and and emotions. I think that's been a big lesson for me. That was probably the hardest lesson for me to learn is sometimes stopping Yeah. because you know, if you, yeah, if you put yourself in that mindset where you don't stop, because I've been like that, I've, I started working off 14 too. By the time that I was 17, I had three jobs. You know what I mean? It's just, that's been my mentality. And, but just because you're running, doesn't mean that you're actually going to get anywhere. I mean, for so many years, I was just on a treadmill. I mean, yep. I was busting my ass and I was cranking it out and I was getting nowhere. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I was dying, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm getting somewhere. I was getting nowhere. And, and I hop off and you realize yeah. you're the same, yeah, the same spot, you know, and I just couldn't figure it out for the longest time. I would watch other people that seemed like everything comes so easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd even make jokes about it. And I mean, really it hurt me, but I would make jokes about it saying, okay, well, they just like are, floating around on a cloud of awesomeness and I'm like tripping and burning mm-hmm. over here, you know, to make me mad because it just like seemed like everything comes so easy to everybody mm-hmm. else. And I think it was because I was on the treadmill and I wasn't yeah. on the path I was supposed to be on because it, it does get easier. And, you know, going back to the hardest part for me was the pausing, you know, the stopping that I make myself stop. Now mm-hmm. I make myself, even if I don't want to, you know, even if I'm like, Oh, I got to this done, this done. I actually schedule it in and I have to schedule yep. it in. I do too. I have to, I have to schedule it in and I'm one that I'm very outdoorsy. So I make sure I'm like kayaking and hiking and I'm outside and yep. you know, I can breathe and I can think whenever I'm out there. Yep. And that allows me to kind of think about again, what am I doing? Because, you know, for so long, what I was doing, it didn't, it's not that it was bad. It was, it was great for somebody that didn't have seven kids and somebody that Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, didn't have my life, but I have my life and I didn't want to give up my life. So I needed to alter my trajectory to say, okay, well, this needs to align with what my life is, Mm -hmm. not what somebody else's life is, you know? And I think that was the biggest thing is being able to stop and say, okay, well, I need to nudge this over a little bit to be able to think and kind of piece that out. And it seems silly that, pausing was the hardest part, but it was, Mm -hmm. but it's made the biggest impact to be able to stop and think. And again, I'm, I'm the jumper. So that, 
that's that's like the opposite of my first yeah yeah Yeah. so but now I make myself and you know even if I come up with a new idea which I do like as as you all know like every second almost you know I write it down I have a notebook just for ideas Mm -hmm. and I write it down and I you know put that in there we'll look at it later pile and sometimes I look back and I'm like okay that's the dumbest thing I've ever thought in my entire life and sometimes I go okay well that goes to another I've got two two of them. One's uh-huh. kind of like a brain dump and one's like, okay, well, this might actually have some at merit at some point. But, you know, I used to, I would just chase it. I would just jump and chase and jump and chase and jump and chase and again, stay on that treadmill and, you know, get nowhere. So I was trying to find that easy that I mm. thought everybody had, you know? <laughs> well, and I think that goes back to what we mentioned earlier with no one tells you about the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All you see is the good things and then you jump like that because... I want it good. I want it good. I want it yeah. good. And, and you know, if you actually spend the time to to talk to those people or, or speak with those people about, hey, how did how did you get to the good stuff? They're going to tell you the the decade yep. prior that that was not good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know that that middle section that we mentioned that you never read about or you never yep. hear about. <laughs> it's because no one talks about it. Because nah. it sucks. <laughs> it did. It sucks. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that's the same thing. I think it, there's some things that I'm glad that I got out of and jumped to something else. But there's some things, it's like if I would have stuck it out, it would have been good. But I was so afraid that it was a terrible idea because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like instantly amazing yep. that I would, you know, pass it on and I would. Or no one loved it as much as you yeah. loved it initially. So you're like, oh, well, this is not going to work. Yep. And, you know, I heard somebody, I don't remember what podcast it was, so if you hear this, I'm not stealing your info, but um, I heard this the other day where they were saying that, you know, they didn't even realize in the moment how amazing something actually was. Because they never paused. <laughs> they never paused. And they uh-huh. looked back and they're like, wow, because now they've, you know, they've been out in the business world long enough and they've, they've been through the gamut, you know. And you know, they look back and I'm like, wow, okay, I actually was like rocking it. When I felt like I was drowning, I felt like I was failing at everything. I felt like I was sucking it. And I mean, I literally almost quit to, and went back and got a job. I was, I was, I was right at the cusp, and I see that now. And sadly, I stepped. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, and I think that happens a lot. And I think that's why it's so sad to see a lot of these businesses just go under because, again, most of it happens in the first year. And that first year. Isn't it's it's yeah, especially if you try to start a business this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. This <laughs> well, year is a whole different ballgame. I think one of the biggest things I've seen having done business consulting from, well, basically every, all my years in banking, you technically do business consulting with your clients, but I mean, doing nothing but business consulting from 2005 up until 2016, when I became more of a confirmed business consultant in Google I think one of the biggest things I saw is that I would say, do you have a performer? And people look at me like I grew two heads and go, what's a performer? And I said, what's well, an accounting process where you create, um, this is what I need to make. This is versus my expenditure so I can keep the company alive. And then what does that look like for a year out, two years, three? And I, sometimes I, people just didn't even know what their costs were immediately. Yeah. And you know, we know, how much that can kill a business. Oh yeah. Because you can't just throw a number out there, excuse me for saying this, but out of your ass, if you don't have anything to back it up. And a lot of people don't factor in taxes into that. They don't factor in how am I paying myself? You know, they may look at it and say, oh, okay, well if I charge this, I've got six hours into it. 
So I'd still make pretty good money. And then all of a sudden, their six hours became 12, and they're like, wow, I just went from making $30 an hour to $15 Which a lot of times they will go to me. I, <laughs> I literally could have hired a college kid for $13 an hour, yeah. and it would not have been my time. Yeah. yeah. I do a lot. I, I am beginning to dabble in real estate, and I, I mentioned that my, my father does some uh, some real estate stuff. So him and I are running numbers on this property that I was looking at investing in. Um, and we, we were talking about, you know, how many years until you get your money back? You know, what's that initial investment versus how much are, you know, the rental properties? So how much are you renting them for? What's the monthly thing there? And, you know, you run all the numbers and then you're like, okay, that's perfect. You know, in a perfect world that happens. Yeah. But you don't have a hundred percent occupancy. Nope. And then you have you damage. Maybe you have plan for 80. Yeah. What are your maintenance fees? What are yep. your property taxes? What's your, you know, your mortgage payment? What's all the, like. You know, and then what's your interest rate? And there's all this stuff that comes with, you know, that particular aspect. You've got it on whatever industry you're in, mm -hmm. whatever business you're running. Um, and that's where I think I'm, I'm always going to go back to talking to people that know what they're talking about. Yep. Um, you know, I have people a, have a been mentor there. of mine that has real estate. And then obviously my, mm -hmm. my father is as well. But when I was in Terre Haute, um, I had a couple mentors in different aspects. And one, uh, one was in real estate. Um, and I, you know, I talked to him a few times about what's, what's this look like? And, and, you know, someone that can actually, that you trust enough to take their opinion and they trust you enough to be able to tell you when you're screwing up or mm -hmm. when that's a dumb idea and they're not going to hurt your feelings. Yeah. Um, you know, those are important. Those are probably the most important people to have in your life. I yeah. agree. I agree. I think you have to have a trusted advisor in, in your parents and your business owners and, you know, I, I know for myself, I've had many mentors over the years, just like Brandon was talking about. And sometimes those mentors are the person who's going to look at you and say, this is insane. Yeah. I mean, like we said, stop, Yeah. you know, and I've had a, one of my mentors that I had when I lived up in Indianapolis, great guy, was a business consultant for 25 years, knew that I was doing it, partnered with him on a project. And I learned so much about being a better business consultant and a lot of it was just like actually having a list of things that we were guaranteeing that we were going to provide to the client in a time frame upon which that was going to happen at the time i was the first year into doing business consulting i was doing well making good money but i didn't have a good process down i think process is sometimes one of the things that's missing for a lot of people too oh i agree and i think it's because it's it you know, when you're thinking about it from the outside, it's hard to explain exactly what you do mm -hmm. because to you, it's, it's so different all the time, but you have to almost do it at kind of like a 30,000 foot view. You know, they don't need to know every single detail, you know, every keystroke. And I think that's where people get lost in the weeds. I've, I've seen it to where people get so in detail. You're like, what? Or like they give you nothing and, you know, you need to kind of find a happy medium there because, you know, as a consumer, and that's how I try to think of it is as a consumer, what would I want to know? Well, and I use this analogy just for sales or for anything. If, you know, you're a TV salesman, which that doesn't exist anymore, but let's pretend <laughs> if you're a TV salesman, you know, nobody cares about how, you know, the wires are put together in the back. You know, they don't care there. You might have that one person out of, you know, a hundred thousand that actually is like, wow, how's that put together? Most of the time they just care about you know, what does the picture look like? How, you, does it have a remote? You know, all the high-level details. They can see the wires. Yeah. Outside of that. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't care yeah. where, what hooks up where. You know what I mean? That's, that, they just don't care. 
So, I mean, and that's kind of how you've got to think about how you, I mean, you're very excited about your business. And, you know, a lot of times if you start to explain it to people, you go too much into detail. That scares you, them away. Yeah, scares them. So, I mean, there is definitely a happy medium. You know, you want to, you know, be upfront and um, explain what, you know, if you're a consultant, you know, what they can expect. But, you know, don't try to get lost in the weeds, especially especially with consulting. And obviously, as a consultant, I can say this. You know, Sometimes I don't, I don't even know what we're going to get into. You know, the way I explain to people is mm-hmm. the way that I do consulting. And this may not be like everybody does, of course, but I come in like a reporter. I want to figure out what's going on. I want to come and find the story that you don't even realize that exists. I want to find the good story, the bad story, the in-between story. I want to figure it out because a lot of times, and I can say this for myself too, it's so hard to see your own mistakes, your own your own successes, your own everything, that you need that outside person to come in and kind of dig through all the jumbled words yeah. and find it. And I don't know that, um, I you know, I can't really speak from a consulting standpoint. I haven't done a lot of that, but... There's a lot of external factors that factor in when you're doing businesses. So, you know, you can go into a business and say, what's your business story? But I think unless people are willing to open up about their personal stories, it's hard to really see a lot of, you know, what's going on in your business because it is so heavily correlated with what's happening in your personal life. Well, and I think that goes back to what we were talking about, about layers, about yeah. how my generation kept everything separate. It was just very much understood that you just yeah. don't mix or, you know, or work attempted person. to keep it yeah, separate. Yeah, attempted. That's a great, yeah. yeah, that's a great analogy. But I, I think that's the opposite of what you actually want to do because, you know, people want to see that real. They want to see the personal. It's more trustworthy. Yeah. You know, they want, if, if it's just all perfect looking all the time, it's less trustworthy because we know nothing's perfect all the time. So, you know, it needs to have that humanness to it. That doesn't mean that, you know, you want they, you want to be, like, showing, like, that you're screwing well, things up all the time. Yeah, you know I mean, you got to be kind of careful. I mean, but maybe sometimes it's, it's got to be kind of one of those things that if you screw something up and you decide you want to be real and transparent about it yeah. and teach somebody else a lesson, then do it. Well, I think that's, personally, I, that, I mean, that's how I do it. Yeah, you know? and That's too. how I... Like, hey, I screw up this order, and yep. I always make it right. Yep. You know, I always say, look, I, I messed up, and I had a, I had a customer wreck with my firewood business that um, I was I was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was out of town or something, so I had my little brother. I paid him to load the wood up so yep. that when I got home, I could just take it right over to the client. Well, he loaded it up, and I didn't even look at it. Right, I was like, okay, we're out of here, and I dumped it. And this was one that I. Um, I just needed to dump it for him. I didn't have to stack it up or anything. So I dumped it. A couple of days later, he, he sends me a text and he says, hey, I just uh, stacked it all up. And we're like, we're a little bit short here on this. And he sent me a picture of it. And, uh, you know, I asked Ethan, I was like, where did you, you know, my, my brother Ethan, I said, where did you get this wood from? And it turned out that it was, wasn't a full rick that he, he st- took from. And there was like three in it. So he ended up getting like two and a half when he ordered three. Um... And I, I like, look, I was like, I honestly, I paid someone else to do it. I paid my brother to do it because I was gone and I just brought it over and didn't even look at it. It's my bad. I took him a full load, yeah. you know, to make it, to make it right. And plus his inconvenience. Um, but that's something I was open, you know, open about it. And from that day on, he ordered from me for another like four years until yeah. basically until I shut it down. Um, because he was like, look, I appreciate you being real with me. And I, you know, people make mistakes. It happens, yeah. you know? So, and, and it wasn't like it was a make or break thing. It was just part of it. So, um, I've always kind of tried to be, tried to be upfront and honest and, 
it is what it is. I made a mistake and own up to it and move on. So. Well, and I think that's important to do that because, you know, I know I've made plenty of mistakes and every single client that I have has as well. So, yeah. you know, it's, and if you would have come up with some kind of BS excuse, you know, he probably would have been like, eh, I don't know about this guy. Well, they would have called my bluff yeah. and, and not work for me again yep. or something, you know? And it's just, it's better to be real. It's better to say, you know what, I screwed up because I mean, it happens, you know, you can overlook something or, you know, be late on a deadline or miss a deliverable or, you know, whatever it is, you know, depending on your business, yeah. it just, it can happen. It's just the idea is be real and you know try to make it right you wouldn't believe how many times and i say this it really kind of knocks on myself but um in in college i miss deadlines all the time yeah you know i was i was heavily involved in my last two years now obviously i was i was working with extend um but i also worked at gnc and i also worked on campus yeah so like my last two years i was working three jobs plus i was a full-time student up until my last semester um so like yeah, I, I miss deadlines. I hate to say it frequently, but but enough, more often than not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's, I was always I was always upfront with professors and like, hey, look, you know, it wasn't my my grandma didn't die. I just missed the deadline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and they, you know, the majority of the time, of course, you've always got some outliers, but the majority of the time, they were like, look, life happens. Yeah. You know, you, I get it. You work three jobs and. You overslept and missed the deadline. You, you overslept and missed class. I, yeah. You know, whatever it is, life happens. And and they make this, like I had a professor that sent us all an email one time and said uh, that, I forget exactly what it was, but basically she'd overslept. Yeah. And didn't come to class. And so like an hour later, we all get an email that says she overslept and we we're like, <laughs> it happens. Yeah. We've all done it here too. <laughs> yeah. So it was yeah. it was interesting that. You know, everyone always sees you as a, you're much more personal if you're, if you're actually you. Yeah. Um, and people follow you because you're you, or people do business with you because you're you, not because you're perfect. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I taught on a lot is, and it's because I've had to learn it myself is, you know, really developing your personal brand. It doesn't matter if you work for, you know, a company or you own your own business or, you know, whatever. You, you need your business brand, obviously, but you need your personal brand. Who are you as a person? And if there's multiple people within your business, who are they? Because, you know, we all know that we do business with people that we know, like, and trust. And, you know, that kind of makes it hard if you're trying to reach more people than is kind of in your, you know, hometown, yeah. you know. So <laughs> if you develop your personal brand, they kind of get to know you. You know, they get well, to know lot, what makes you tick. What it's do you a lot like? easier now. Yeah. Um, you know, like my YouTube channel, you can reach. Back yeah. Back millions of people on you know via youtube or, or social media in general like um you know whether it be instagram who you know i'm very open about my life mm -hmm. on, on both things you yeah. know and uh, on both platforms and so it, it was it's much easier now to be personal at a at a larger scale than it was like, 20 years ago or I whatever um, but i still think a lot of people are not utilizing that no and yeah. i think a lot of people hide it yeah you know i think did. a lot of people on you know they because YouTube, you can edit and, and yeah. clip out the, the bad parts, so to yeah. speak. Um, or because Instagram, you only post the best picture. Yeah. You lose a lot of that personal. Um, and then I don't... And that's why I like video because... Or, or podcasting like this. When you mess up, 
Yeah. You mess up and yeah. that's, you know, you move on. But yeah, but you have to think about, is it really a mess up? Because yeah. it happens to everybody, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's, it's part of life. It's part of learning. It's part of living. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, I'm very personal on all of my, you know, um, business accounts. I mean, actually on the podcast account, I am frequently talking about my relationship. I'm frequently talking about my kids yep. and what kind of crazy crap they're doing and how they're driving <laughs> me insane. And you know, how they're, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm super real because, you know, I do have a lot of people that follow that are also moms and business owners and, yeah, yeah. you know, they don't want to hear that you've got, you know, the schedule for all summer made out and, you know, 45 <laughs> million snacks pre-planned and, you know, they don't want to hear all that. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want it to, I mean, not that that stuff's bad inherently. It just makes you feel less. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, she, you know, she's got, she's got her life together. What yeah, do you do with mine? Exactly. That's, that's, that's so, and, and there's enough of that on there. There's that. I, I tell this to people, like I went through my, and I still like Pinterest and I'm building out my Pinterest right now. I've just been very... I've, I've been hesitant about finishing building it out because I'm telling you, Pinterest about effed me up at one point in time because I was trying to be that perfect everything because mm-hmm. I felt like if I, if I couldn't, then I wasn't enough. And this is yeah. talking about as a woman, as a mom, as oh. a business owner, as everything. All the hats you wear. Yes. I was, I was comparing myself to all of this perfect of everything. And I got to the point that finally I actually canceled my Pinterest account because I was like, okay, this is not healthy for me. This is not healthy for me. And I've been told on more than one occasion, you need to start a Pinterest account up. And I've, I did start one, but I've been slow at building it out because it's almost like people that have been alcoholics, you know what I mean? And they're very scared to go to a party that has alcohol. It's kind of like that because it put me in a bad place. And it sounds silly that something that, I mean, Pinterest isn't bad. It's great. I mean, there's recipes and there's all kinds of stuff. And, but I made it bad. You know, you can make anything bad. Okay. Wine isn't bad, but it is for somebody that's got a problem with wine. Yep. So, you know, I've had to kind of be careful about, okay. Yeah, you just have a glass big enough to put the whole bottle and so you don't have to worry about going for Exactly. It. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but see, that's different because I, I don't consider myself an alcoholic. I yeah. am a social <laughs> <You're> drinker. Social <laughs> drinker. So anyway, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I messed myself up. Like, I was not my best self. I was self-loathing. I had Mm -hmm. lots of self-loathing issues from, you know, I've talked about that on here too, as well, from lots of stuff that went on, you know, when I was younger and you you carry all that stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. back to, you know, you don't deal with your baggage. Yeah. Yeah. You bottle it up, don't deal with the baggage. And then, you know, it starts coming out and it came out in this, I thought I had to wear this mask. You know, I thought I had to be this perfect, had to be this perfect Mm -hmm. everything because, you know, quote unquote, everybody else was, but see, they wasn't, they were just showing their highlight reel. They were showing like, Oh, this day I did this wonderful thing. And the rest of the house is a shithole, but this corner I got done, let uh-huh. me take a picture of this so I can, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because I, and I've, I've had people come to me and say, oh, you wouldn't understand because you've got it all together. I'm like, oh girl, uh-huh. <laughs> apparently you have not looked at very much of myself because I'm pretty real. I do not have it even halfway together. You know, I, I don't think there is such a thing as to all together. I mean, there's not, you know, I there's not. no, I mean, there's, there's, I don't want to be all together. No, there's things that I do and I do well. And there's things that I suck at and I feel like, you know, if I'm focusing on this over here, then that over there starts suffering. And I mean, it's like that with life. That's how it is. It's, you know, it's not this perfect balancing act. It's, you know, like right now I'm here recording this and my 18 year old's babysitting. I'm going to go home. My house is going to be like hit. It's going to be hit. I already know it. I already know it. And I have to mentally prepare myself for that. Well, it's like when I was, I was growing up, I have two brothers, one older and one younger. And all three of us are just as opposite as, as we could be. Um, you know, my, my older brother is very, 
you know, he doesn't touch computers, he barely gets on his phone type of thing, whereas that's my business, that's my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my younger brother is very, he's very techie too, like, he replaces my phone screen when I crack it type of thing. Oh, wow. You know, wow. He's, Super he's techie. That, yeah, he's that techie. <laughs> like, you're over here messing with the podcast stuff, and we're all yeah. confused by it, and I, like, was going to call him, be like, Ethan, how do I do this? You know, he's <laughs> yeah. that level. Yeah. But Garrett doesn't touch computers, but if you're like, hey, I need to swap, you know, put new injectors in my truck, he'd have the motor and the transmission out in, you know, a couple hours, whereas it's going to take me days and weeks, and then I'm going to take to the shop anyway because I'm fed up with it because I don't know how to do it, Um, you know, and it's just something that growing up you're, and I hate hate that society is like this, but you're really judged on two things, you know, you're judged on school and you're judged on athletic ability. That's pretty much what you get Oh, I agree, I agree. Um, And, and... Not to toot my own horn, but that came relatively naturally to me. I was always outdoors. Um, I enjoyed school. It was something I enjoyed school as much as someone could, I guess. Um, but that always came natural to me. Whereas Garrett was very hands-on and wanted to work outside, but didn't want to be behind a computer or reading yeah. a textbook or anything like that. Um, and he was athletic too, but still, that was you know that was just one of our differences. Um, so there was a lot of times where we disagreed, um, or or we had arguments, or or really fights even because. Uh, whatever happened to be the case, it was just two different personalities that were being judged on one thing. Um, and I always compared myself to that growing up. Like, Gary would go out and change his oil, and I'd be like, man, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Of course, now I do, but at the time, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Um, so I felt lesser than that, even though... And probably more so as a, as a guy. Yeah. Well, in, in that perspective, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, of course, that's why I now taught myself to do that. Yeah. Um, but it's just a different a different aspect, you know, and, and mechanically I've come to the conclusion that, like, that's not my strong suit. Yeah. I would rather pay him to do it yeah. than, and, and me do what I want to do and, and like to do yeah. and I'm good at doing. Um, and it's just, just two different people, you know, so I don't need to compare myself to exactly to those that are doing those things because, and I'm, I'm hoping they don't compare themselves to me working on, you know, in Google or in, you know, whatever I'm doing, flying the drone or, or you know, whatever the case is. Um, so I'm hope, I, you know, I hope that's, that's something I came to the conclusion and realization of. It is very hard not to put yourself like at the standard you see, like mm-hmm. your siblings. And Marie and I've talked about that a lot. I mean, because I had a brother that I'm not sure he ever really cracked a book to study. And, you know, I studied my tail off to be a C student. Yeah. And so, and it was, it was hard because him, him being so close to age to me, I got even compared to him by the teachers, Mm -hmm. you know, and it makes you struggle so much. And and I inherited my nephew. My nephew did not make it through college because it just was not for him. Mm -hmm. He has struggled to figure out where he belongs and just only recently became a personal trainer. And I think he's going to be amazing, amazing at it. He's been working with me. And I can't tell you how times in my basement when he's been there helping me to work out to get myself in better condition. He tells me, well, I'll never be my sister. There's six years between them. Yeah. But she was a dancer, gymnast, you know, cheerleader, you know, good at school, yeah. got accepted to every college she applied to, college mm-hmm. comes after her, she's going pre-med. And I said... But you're not her, and you have to remember that. You have to be proud of who you are for yourself. Faults and all, 
You know, I mean, I said to him, I mean, I said, I'm ADHD. I get where you're coming from most days that you struggle. But he's finally got to the point now where he realizes, like I do, he has to take his medicine. And part of his problem is when he got out of high school, he thought, I'm independent, I'm on my own, and I'm not going to take my meds because I just don't want to. And so, you know, he's grown up, he's matured, but he still has that same problem that I have. You know, he still has that sibling that he puts himself against and says, I don't measure up to. I never tried to measure up to what my brother was. Everybody else made me feel like I had to measure up to that. And I wasn't able to be myself. And I think that's one of the reasons why I had strived so hard as an adult, because I wanted to go back and show everybody that I didn't have to be him. I was still very successful. In my own path. Yeah. But it also made me be the person I am and make me be, you know, a person who never wants to sit still, always trying to help even our clients to think of what's next for my business. You know, what, what can I be doing differently? What's working? What's not? We do it in ourselves. We do it personally. We do it professionally. I mean, you know, Marie and I are getting ready to launch something really big here in July. And um, jokingly, we told Brandon that, you know, <laughs> he can mirror it on what he does. Because I'm not we're joking. Old. I mean, we're <laughs> I'm old, being serious, you know? actually. Wait, you were joking about that? No, honestly, I'm like, I'm not. But I mean, like, Marie and I are older. And Brandon is, is you know, just out of college. We can market to the same things that we're doing in different fashions. I feel like I'm being stereotyped by older. I feel like um, older. I feel like age is um, nothing but a number. So I feel like um, I don't like the term older. Yeah, I can tell you as much as I want to be. Yes, different markets like that. This body doesn't cheer like it used to, and doesn't jump like it used to, and I've accepted that. So maybe now I'm thirty. Four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just. I mean, we we reach different markets in general. Yeah. Um, you know how many how many women mothers are listening to this podcast, and how many of them are you know twenty two year old college grads, yeah. male college grads yeah. who who want um, to who not work for somebody else. Or, you know, like what's and that's just a different demographic that it when is. you yeah. guys you know launch, you're going to reach people that. I would reach other people. And yeah. that's what... And, um, and like, we have another a gal who is in our company who, you know, would like to do the exact... Like, uh -huh. take a mirror what we're doing to her demographic and she's 30 and single. Yeah. yeah. And I think that goes back to developing your personal brand because you're going to naturally pull in people, yeah. you know, that are kind of like you or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And you're going to naturally repel the other ones, which is okay because that's not your target anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I mentioned to you earlier about um, how long-term I want to start a gym. Yeah. Not necessarily because it's it's a moneymaker by any means, but because... Well, that's okay. If you understand that, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Marie doesn't have to talk to you about this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know gym's just... It's the maintenance. It's the yes. maintenance, yes. yeah. But it's Ooh. because I want to put it in my, my town, and I want yeah. to do training for the athletes. I want yeah. to do special events where I can... It's something I'm passionate about, and I want to share that passion more so than make money as a business, which is why I haven't started it yet. Yeah. Because uh, I want to, I want to have my business, yeah. and my lifestyle done, and then launch that on the side. That's the way to do um, it. Yeah. But I do have a friend of mine that is um, getting his doctorate in physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know he is going to pull a demographic, and he's yeah. talked about renting, uh, a, you know, a space in the gym or the office next to the gym. 
and then training his clients or doing therapy for his clients in the gym. Yeah, and that would be smart. Over, so gonna they they stay as members. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you ought to put a chiropractor in there. You have to put a therapist in there. Exactly. You get someone to come in and teach. Teach a yoga class that pulls in a different demographic. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the idea. Is you surround yourself with with people that aren't your strong suit. Well, and it keeps it evergreen because the person that comes into you at, you know, 18, 19, you know, later on will be the one that he's coming to the therapy. I mean, like me, yeah. you know, I was the one that hit it hard and was doing MMA and doing mm-hmm. lots of things and shoot, I can't do that anymore. My joints and <laughs> my everything else. Now I'm the person doing yoga because I, and I lift and stuff some, but yeah. you know, I can't do the things that I used to do. I want to remain physically active. So, and I explain this even to my clients on the, on the wellness side of things People try to do things the exact same way. We were talking about about marketing. You know, people try to do it the exact mm-hmm. same way forever. Well, it doesn't work the same. Yep. What is good for you at like nineteen twenty is not going to be good for your forty. It it's now. just not. It just yep. doesn't. You know, especially with women, that's a whole nother ball game. Your hormones get oh. into play, and you know, I've I've worked actually. I, I just got done working with a girl that her hormones were so out of whack and she was having mm-hmm. fertility issues and, you know, just all kinds of problems. And yeah. I started working with her and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, we're not going to want to hear this. I was like, but she was one of those that loved running, ran every day. And I was like, your body sees it as stress. I mean, stress is stress, stress yeah. is stress is stress. Your body yeah. doesn't know the difference. So is it running's not inherently bad, but you're already having hormonal issues. Anyway, you going out there running five, 10 miles a day yeah. is going mm-hmm. to further your hormonal yeah. issues. And that's causing, you know, so anyway, we, we, kind of changed what she was doing mm-hmm. and you know she's she's actually pregnant right now yeah. so i mean nice. it's just working with your body you know that uh, mm-hmm. we think that it's just this you know step one step two step three step four you know and it's not always that simple yeah. well, I, had that, I had that literally that exact conversation uh with my aunt uh, a few days ago we were out uh we were out on, on the boat we did a camping trip this weekend we were out on the boat on the lake and uh she had mentioned how, you know, since Corona hit, she's gained a lot more weight, but mm-hmm. her eating habits haven't changed. Yeah. She's, you know, nothing's really changed outside of the fact that she owns a bar and grill and they've been closed oh. and her stress levels are just yeah. through the roof. And I like, I was talking to her and she's like, I don't know, you know, why I, I can't lose the weight. You know, yep. I, I've done the dieting before and I've just lost it again, you know, yep. and then I go off the diet and I get it back. And, and she's like, I know that's the case. I know I mean, I'm okay with that. So this time I go on the diet and, it, and it's nothing's happening. I'm still gaining weight. And I said, well, how's your sleep and how's your stress? Yeah. And she goes, they suck. <laughs> and I said, well, there you go. You know, and, yeah. and people don't understand that that takes a toll on you. Well, it does. Um, from, a, from a wellness standpoint. but It does. Yeah. I mean, and that goes right into a lot of the business stuff. Like, I again, I'll end up going in to consult somebody on all their business needs and I find out that they're not sleeping and, uh-huh. you know, they feel like crap and they can't focus. And they got brain fog and, you know, we end up kind of segueing and I end up, you know, talking to them on yeah. a wellness level because that is, you can move the needle so much further when you feel good. Yeah. Well, and that's when I, so I was in a fraternity when I was in, in college. And, uh, our, you know, our, our main thing was, um, you know, healthy mind, healthy body. Yeah. Um, and those are so correlated, you yep. know, and, and especially, especially from a male in college, you know, the healthy body part, like we're always in the gym, we're always working on that body part. Um, but the healthy mind is something that no one ever yeah. 
I don't say no one, but lots of people stereotypically, yeah. you know, males don't focus on no. just in general, well, especially with other males. Yeah, they they um, see it as not masculine, and yeah, I think exactly. that's starting to go away a tiny it bit, is. but yeah, it is. It's still there. Um, but it's it's a conversation that you have to have with with a lot of them. Yeah. Is you know, hey, how are you? How are you sleeping? How's your stress? How how are you? Like yeah. I know I see you in the gym and you're you're doing good there, but how are you? Um, and that conversation. It's, I agree, it's starting to happen, but hasn't happened enough yet. Well, and I think that that needs to be something you talk about because I know from, you know, my level, I talk to women because I'm a woman. You know, yeah. I can't yeah. say what it's like to be a guy. I can't mm-hmm. say, you know, because I've never been a guy. So, you know, I can teach what I know. I can teach from my experiences. I can teach from yeah. all the little layers of crap that I've been through and be like, you know, this is how I felt. This is how I dealt with it. And I've been through some crap. You know, I've shared that on this podcast. And, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things that it defines who you are. Um and not, but not in the way that you think that, you know, the negative way, because yeah. you, I hear people say, don't want to define you. And I'm like, eh, but do you not want to? Yeah. I kind of yeah. want to not the negative way, but every single thing that happens in your life, good or bad, it kind of leaves a mark. Yeah. Sometimes it's a scar, you know, sometimes it's a birthmark you know, whatever it is, but and, it's and hopefully, there. hopefully that scar one day is just a good story. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's the key I think is, you know, not using the negative terminology of let it define you. I mean, I agree. Don't let it define you in that negative way. You know, don't let it, you know, make you think you're lesser or, you know, whatever, but you know, learn from it. And the more that I talk about that kind of stuff, the more that I teach about that stuff, the less the scar shows. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds silly, but the less that all of those scars show. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, you know, you talk about it and you share and you help and at that point you're able to forget the painful part and it becomes a positive story yeah i always think of it like a uh, like an interstate um or i like to use the word detour yeah um you know i can take i can take i-70 all the way out west you know or i could take all these little detours and see like when we were well when we were in uh colorado we did from Colorado Springs to Grand Junction. We could have taken 70 from yeah. Denver to, to Grand Junction. Or we went down to Colorado Springs and we took US 50, which is just a little detour. Added a couple hours to the trip. But it was US 50. And actually, there's, there's drone footage on my YouTube um, of US 50. Um, and it's like a three-minute clip of just the drone flying because it was the most beautiful road I've ever driven. I'll share. If you don't care, I'll share your yeah, link. Oh, I love it. That'd be good. I'll put um, it in the podcast. But that was the most beautiful road I've ever driven on. Um and we literally pulled over, I think, probably five times in the three-hour drive. We pulled over constantly, and we got the drone out because it was just amazing. Um, now, had we stayed on 70, yeah. we'd have never known that. And it added time to us, and it wasn't that instant yeah. satisfaction of being at our destination. But the journey to do it and the detour that we took instead, you know, and, and it's not necessarily a scar or a bad thing in that nah. case. But that's that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know... I'll, if I have not, if I had not been through any of the stuff I've been through, I would not be literally the person mm-hmm. I am today. And I wouldn't know the things that I know. I wouldn't know the things not to do, or, you know, I wouldn't know anything yeah. like I know now. And I wouldn't be the person. Wouldn't exist, yeah. the business wouldn't exist. It just, it would change everything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the things that I've, I've done on a regular basis is on the show too, especially is just say, you know, if you go back and tell yourself, you know, a few things, what would it be? And, you know, I'm not saying that because I would change anything about my life. Um, I wouldn't, but I say that mainly because somebody that's listening, 
needs to hear whatever it is that mm-hmm. I've said. And yeah. I, you know, I would tell myself, don't worry about what people think, you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't worry. When I quit giving a crap about oh, yeah. what somebody thought, yeah. I was like, it was like freedom, you know? Yeah, well, you should, you should hear some of the, uh, the comments that my mom gets, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm 22 years old and I just graduated college and I bought a camper and I took it 6,000 miles across the country. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I spent two weeks on the road and, and, you know, it was gone and people are, you know, and mom's told me some things people are like, you know, how, how can you let your, your, he's a kid. How, how can you let him drive 6,000 miles across the country? And mom's like, first of all, it's not up to me. He's 22 years old. Yeah. I had kids at 22 years old, you know? Yeah. So yeah. she's like, it's not up to me, but also it, it's what he wants to do. You know, and, and he and it's it's I think it's amazing. Yeah, I mean I did. And she does too. I, Mom, I mean, both my parents fully supported it. Yeah. And, and love I the would, fact that I, I, did. I can't but, wait for you to go again so I can see. What yeah, next. I would the totally do that. Yeah. <laughs> if I was single, I would be out there on the road like that too. Now I don't know that my well my twenty two year old self also had children, but let's pretend that the twenty two year old self didn't. I don't know that I would have even known again that I could have yeah. done that. Yeah. But you know, maybe you're inspiring that person that maybe just feels stuck and blah and it fits in their lifestyle to go try to do something like that. Well I actually I tweaked my lifestyle to fit that. Yeah. You know, coming out of college, I was faced with do I do I come full time and work for Extend? Yeah. Or did I go to Indy and I mean I interviewed and I, I had offers from five or six different companies to come to come work there, you know, a nine to five type of thing. Yeah. Um, salary pay and guaranteed money and this and that and the other. Um, some of them had housing options, you know. Yeah. I could I could literally have signed it and known exactly what the next five years was gonna look like. Um, or I could, you know, come with you guys that that's very uh, flexible and very, we're still kind of in that stage of what do we want to be? What do we want to do? What do we want to grow up? Um, Yeah. And, but that lifestyle or that decision fits in that lifestyle that I wanted. Yeah. Um, And some people choose the other way. Some people decide what they want to do and then choose the lifestyle around it. People Um, like, some people like that security. I don't know that I do. I get bored easy. See, that's my my problem. That's my personality is I, you know, I know it's secure for some people, but that security actually feels like a noose to me. Well, it feels and, like a straitjacket. I can't yeah. dream and, and... And not having that security, I think, pushes me. Yeah. You know, the fact that I don't know... And, you know, I hate to say it like this, but you yeah. don't know what, no, what you don't know. next month looks like, no, what next yeah. year looks like. Exactly. Um, and that's, I think, the idea why I, I wanted to own my own business is because I can decide what that next... Yeah. It looks like. Yeah. Um, and if, if I, you know, look back at the data and the, the analytics and say, Hey, I'm not on track to hit that. What I'm picturing next year looking like, yeah. A, I either pivot and reset yeah. or B, I, I, you know, push more into it and, and, you know, decide, okay, I'm going to go all in because I'm not, I'm not selling enough to reach my, my yeah. goal or I'm not, um, you know, doing whatever it is to, to do that. And I think, um, Owning your own business is, is hard because you have to be your own boss and you have to tell yourself, go to work and do it. Yeah. Um, but it's very rewarding also. And, and like I said, you choose, you choose what you want to do. I look at my business like, and I've told this to Sharon, you know, resets like another one of my kids. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, it's mm-hmm. because I dreamed it. 
I birthed it. I like went through the terrible toddler it. years. I mean, yeah. it's just like it is. I like and, that analogy. I mean, that, that's how it is. Yeah. It's and and it's gone through like it's gone through its teenage years last year. You know where, you know, I didn't make a couple of of the best decisions. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't. I, I didn't look far enough ahead. I jumped without mm-hmm. thinking. You know, and then that happens sometimes. No, I mean it's and well and. I, I'm sorry, but I've been in enough businesses to know that I don't think there's a business out there that hasn't done that. And, but what I did was, you know, I, I learned from that, you know, and every single great decision, you know, that I've made, I've learned from, okay, well that worked, you know, check. And every bad decision I've made, you know, within my business and life, you know, I've been like, okay, well that's really sucked. I'm not doing that again. Yeah. That hurt. But that's what, that's the, what you learn from it is, you know, how do I, you don't make that mistake again. No, you don't. And, you know, that's, I think that's the key. And I think that realness, um, when I go in to speak with consulting clients, I mean, I, I tell, I, I'm always real with them. I'm like, listen, I was like mm-hmm. this right here that you're doing. I was on the, I, about, I made the same <laughs> mistake and I've been there. You do not. And this is why, you know, because if I go in there like, Oh, I've got it all together and nah, 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 and I've never been any mistakes. It's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to connect with that person. They're not going to be real with me either. So I'm not going to fully be able to help them if they're not being real back. You know, it's, it's it goes back to that, that, that realness. Yeah. My dad always used to tell me that, um, you know, he made mistakes with zeros behind him. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, that's the truth. We talked you know, about and, that the other day. Yeah. 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 And he, you know, when I'm growing up, he's working three jobs and of course he's got three boys at home and he, yeah. you know, put mom through college and, um, it was, it was hard. And, yeah. and I vaguely remember cause I was a young kid. So yeah. I, I remember bits and pieces of it, but then of course him just telling me the stories and I'm like, you know, how do I, how do I prevent that you know how do i make it to where my kids remember me before they're eight years old yeah you know that, that yeah. i'm not i'm not literally sleeping four hours a night and going back to work yeah while i'm trying to start my own business and while i'm trying to do all these other things that um it's just it's just hard it uh, is. you know if he ever if he was the kind of person that wasn't real with me or wasn't you know told me what to do now that he knows but never told me the back end of it I would have been like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to do it my way exactly. because I think it might be better. Yeah. Um, and it's not better. You no. Know? Well, and I think I think that's a, a good example of why parents, you know, not only business owners, but parents should be real. I'm, I'm real with my kids. My kids, yeah. I'm completely real with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got some teenagers right now. And, of course, the teenagers just are in that phase where they think I'm dumb no matter what. But I'm hoping that as they get past that teenage stage yeah. that, it, you know, it's going to yeah. stick in there and ingrain in them because, you know, I, I have friends that – hide all that stuff, mm-hmm. hide their mistakes. And it's like, okay, well, you know, what are they going <laughs> to, they're going to have to make the same mistake to learn it. Yep, right. I just let mine shine. I, I've told my kids stuff that a lot of my friends are like, why the hell would you tell your kids that? I'm like, so they don't go there. Yep. yep. Because, you know, can I stop them from doing it? Absolutely not. I don't care how big of a helicopter parent that somebody thinks they are. I mean, mm-hmm. you're probably making it worse. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not a parent, I, so I, I can't I agree say with that. I know the, but... I know the stuff that I got by with. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, I, mean and, I mean, it's not, and I know the stuff that because I was told not to, yep. I did just for that reason. Yeah. Well, not if I'd have known the story behind exactly, it. Exactly. That's, that's what I was going to say, because yeah. you don't get a why. If you can't have a why, it's like, okay, especially if you've got that personality, like, uh-huh. I, like I've got, and you've like got, <laughs> like, yeah. And then I've had several, more than several of my kids that have the same personality is that it's almost, almost a challenge. It's like, uh-huh. oh, okay. 
really. Oh, don't do that. Yeah. Okay, bet. <laughs> but, but, you know, if, if you give a reason, like, you know, obviously you make your own decisions, you know, on a lot of things. Like, I can't stop. I, I guess I'm like, I can't stop everything you do. I mean, you know, they get rules and stuff based on their age, da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, I don't care what parents say. You can't actually stop yeah. <laughs> from doing Pretty stuff. Much. I mean, you can't. You can you, you can try to think that you're putting up every parameter known to mankind, and kids are going to make mistakes. And if you're hiding, you know, all the crap that you've been through, you're really just doing them a disservice because yeah. they don't need to think you're God. You know, they don't need to think you're some angelic being that's never made a mistake. They need to think that you're real, and that the reason you're telling them that they don't need to do that is because of whatever the reason is. Yeah. Well, and I think also it allows your kids to. And again, I'm, I'm speaking from a, you know, not as a parent, but um, I think your kids are more willing to open up to you yeah. if you're open with them. You know, if they're going through something, as a parent, you want to know that. Yeah. Um, sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I guess I'll say stuff I'm like, eh. Yeah, I'm like, I, I know, I want to know this, but just give yeah, me a yeah. moment. Go, 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 <laughs> just give me a moment. Just give me a moment to process. Yeah. Fair, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. But you, you get where yeah. I'm coming from in the sense of, you know, there, there are certain things you don't want. You don't want your kids bottling up. Just no, like you don't want exactly. to bottle it up as, as personal because it's going to go into your business life. Yep. You don't want your kids to be bottling up either. And being being real with them allows them to be, in turn, real with you. Um, and I love how this went from extend to perpetual motion yeah. to wellness to, well, that's, to that's how that's, that's how that is. It's not only you know successfully chaotic because we are telling people how to get through the chaos, but the whole podcast is half the time chaotic. It just, yeah. it's very conversational. We just kind of, we let it just flow because honestly, that's how life is too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how life is. It's like you, you, you know, set out to do this and then somehow you're down the, uh-huh. you know, well, you, you pivot and then yeah. you, you move on. Yeah. Then you don't even realize you look down you're like, okay, I'm way over here somehow. How did I float down this <laughs> yeah. part of the river? I mean, that's just kind of how life is sometimes, but I'll make sure um, when this airs, in the description i'm gonna put a link to um brandon's uh youtube channel and um, you can check out all the cool stuff he's doing and live vicariously through him like i am (laughs) so that maybe that's what i'll do if i if i survive my children like and that's the question mark at this point but if i survive my children um i I, i'm gonna i'm gonna take a like a i don't know how long but take a road trip and just travel because uh, yeah i'll save all the the best spots for, I'll, I'll make a list for you when there that you happens. Go. Yeah, because um, that's, that's, that's actually, that sounds amazing. We are taking a road trip. Yeah. Road trip. <laughs> well, and that, that's, you know, Brandon and I have kind of talked about that because I teach the Google classes and obviously right now we're doing them all online and I, I'll be honest, I don't have the same enthusiasm that I have when I teach the classes because I can't stand up in front of people and jump up and down, put my pom-poms in my hands and cheer and be a crazy lunatic. And she very much is that person. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but you know, I want to get Brandon out there teaching the classes too. Mm-hmm. And because if he's going to be out there traveling and he's going to be out there speaking to young entrepreneurs, it's so important that they understand the power of Google. Like the two of us understand the power mm-hmm. of Google. You're learning the power of Google. And, um, and, you know, we become the advocate for all age groups, all different types of, of, you know, situations that people have that they're coming in from to get their business to the right point. As we've said, you know, using our past mistakes and yeah. learning from them so that they don't have to make them. And, and using the proper mentally, tools. emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, knowing the proper tools, because that's, that's another thing as a uh-huh. new business owner. It's like, there's so much crap out there. Yeah. And I tried, I was like, well, give me one of these and two of these. And I mean, I didn't know. I spent uh-huh. so much freaking money. I always joke about, um, 
Uh, so I, I, I drive a truck and we had to replace, I don't even remember what we were doing, but I was up at school and we were in the parking lot of right, right outside my apartment. And my buddy's like, yeah, I got some tools in my truck. And I, of course, had some tools in my truck. And we just kind of like pulled out what we had and we yeah. were replacing this part. And man, it was a, uh, it was a sight to see. I mean, I'm sure people <laughs> were driving by like, man, what are these hillbillies doing? Yeah. Because we're in there with ratchet straps and, you know, <laughs> these tools that are clearly not the right things. Um, and then I, you know, I came home and a friend of mine owns a shop, uh, right outside of my hometown. And, uh, we, we were over there doing some, uh, some transmission line work. And, uh, I asked him, I said, you know, what, how long would it take you to, to get this part out? Knowing how long it took us, the, yeah. the three of us that are, <laughs> I'm not mechanically inclined at, you know, as much, but my one roommate literally races, like they've got 68 something and a 72 something and he races every single weekend on the drag strip um and my other roommate is very well mechanically inclined like my brother is so i knew what it took us three and i asked him i said you know how long would it have taken you to do this and he's like well here i don't really have the right tool for it but if i was you know if i was at the shop or my old garage i'd probably done it in 20 minutes oh wow and i ain't kidding you it took us four hours yeah. it took three of us four hours to do yep. Um, because we just, we didn't have the right tool. Yeah. And I, well, no, that's true. Like when you first start your business, a lot of times, obviously you're cash poor. I yeah. mean, mm -hmm. so sometimes you might not be able to get that right tool and you just got to bootstrap it. You just, gotta, just, you know, you like chug along. Yeah. 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 You just got to chug along. But you know, at a certain point in time, you're actually going to start going backwards. You're going to start losing money by spending more time mm -hmm. on using mm -hmm. the improper tool. And I think that's another kind of benefit of, you know, how real we are, you know, we we've made the wrong decisions on even the tools you know we've tried a little bit of everything and you know another thing is you know there is always going to be like you know the the best of the best of the best and a lot of small business owners can't can't go there you know they're well, not at that point but with, you could yeah yeah and it's just strategically figuring out what tools will move that needle farther f within your budget. And I think that's where a lot of the Google work that Extend does comes in is that, you know, it is crazy yeah. cheap to be able for, to, for what yeah, it is. Yeah. to be able to move the needle like yeah. majorly. Your, your return on the investment within Google is just astronomical, really. Yeah. I mean, as far I, there's no other platform, there's no other, uh, anything that you can say, you know, if I'm going to build up my marketing budget, the majority of my marketing budget, I'm going to put into Google and there's, there's articles and there's, I think Forbes came out with one, um, October last year. Yeah. It was like the number one thing you should put your money in yeah. in 2020, as far as a marketing budget yeah. is Google. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it, it, it talks specifically about the Google, my business page that it was the most powerful marketing tool in 2020 and you better be paying attention yeah. to it. And yeah. it is I mean, compared to other ways, it is so cheap. Even it's even cheaper, cheaper than billboards. Yeah. And billboards essentially. Oh, uh, we do we nothing. had a discussion <laughs> with a client the other day. Billboards are most of the time, unless you've just got like an endless budget and you just have some money left over. Yeah. You're like, why not throw this out there too? You know, type of thing. No. You're not you're not doing yourself a favor because I I bet if they would actually again do what I say and create a separate number to be able to track the conversion, it would be like nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It would be nothing. I don't think I've ever called a number off of a billboard in my entire life. I know for a fact I haven't. So, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things like you notice, like, oh, okay, cool. You know, but pff, what are you doing? Because that's, that's if you notice it yeah, with all the other lights If you and notice it and, and you're driving and, and <laughs> your kids screaming in the back. Exactly. And like, I, no, I, I agree with you. I don't think billboards are. But if I you're. Wouldn't. 
No, and if you're already on the computer though, and you're looking for something, and you know Google has the information and pushes that to you all, you're already there. I mean, if you're driving, you see something on the side of the road. If it captures your attention, if you remember the number, if you even remember to try to dial it or look up the info when you yeah. get stopped, which is probably not going to happen because you're, especially you mentioned about kids. If your uh-huh. kids are in there, your brain cells have been sucked out before you get home. They're just ready to scream. But you know, it's if you remember all those things, then maybe possibly. But well, and and what's going to happen is you might remember one word yeah. of the thing. So yeah. you start, you know, like extend marketing partners hypothetically, and not that we would ever do this, but let's say extend marketing partners got a billboard. Yeah. You might remember extend. Yeah. So what are you going to do when you get home? Yeah. You're going to Google extend. Exactly. You know, and and if you're if our Google page wasn't built out, then there's no chance of you ever finding us. Yeah. At, I mean, and so the fact that you even have a billboard is great. If they call that number or yeah. email that email or remember the exact name, right? That chance is not. No, named. it's it's not. It's a, it's it's a gamble. I don't think it's worth taking. You're better off taking yeah. those funds and pushing it to somewhere else. I like to take educated risks. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing. Like, I mean, I explain to people when I explain kind of marketing and all that. I I think it's a lot like kind of playing the stock market, mm-hmm. honestly. And, you know, a, a marketing expert, you know, or a marketing consultant or whatever you want to say, it would be like the financial advisor. So, you know, we're watching the market and we're, you know, putting a little bit of your your marketing funds here and a little bit of them there. And we're watching the numbers to see how, you know, the market's reacting. Yeah. And then if we see one's not working at all, we're going to stop putting your money over into that. And we're going to move it over here because that's how... You move the needle. You move the needle by doing more of what's working. Yep. And if you don't know what's working, you're just like spraying you're and praying crap. Money. Yeah, you're spraying, well spraying and praying. Spraying and praying. Yeah, I'm spraying mm-hmm. and praying because that, I mean that's it. Because you, you don't really know, and that's the bad part. And I know this firsthand again as a business owner is you're wearing so many hats, you do not have the time to mm-hmm. sit and watch that crap most of the time. So you know, and I I know at the very beginning it you know you might not be able to hire somebody in to kind of do that because you might not have the funds available but it's i tell this to people i'm like you don't have the funds i get it right now i was there but as soon as you do this needs to be something that you do because it's going to move your needle so much more quickly yeah and i think one of the things that a lot of people look at as they say you know oh google's so big you know like you know, yeah. It's got to be expensive because it's yeah, so big. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I think that's the biggest thing that people have to understand is, you know, Google is big because of that. You can't that's ignore them. You, did, yeah. you know, and last year, I'd say this, you know, I tell this to people all the time and they're always really shocked is May of 2019, Google stopped searching the World Wide Web for information about your business. They look at the knowledge panel, which gets searched four times or more than your website does to bring people to your business. Then, and then they look at your website. Yeah. You don't touch your website on a daily basis. You don't even touch your website on a weekly basis. But Google My Business has the opportunity to build out basically like your website and post like you do on Facebook. It's almost like the best of both worlds stuck in a place that gets 92.8 searches a day or something insanely crazy like that. Well, and I know, you know... I always tell people just as far as like, you know, especially when I'm teaching like a social media and stuff that, you know, social media is pretty much like the handshake. So th- that's mm-hmm. how you, t- you say, hey, I'm, you know, Maria, nice to meet you and this is who I am. And then, you know, your website, you know, tells a little bit more about your information, but your Google, your Google is like all your contact information. It's everything. It's everything pulled it's into one. Card. Yeah. It's literally, yeah, your business card. It's everything pulled into one. 
And, you know, that is something that if, if you can get all of those platforms, you know, working together and Google's how you do that. If you can get those all working together, you have increased your search. Yeah. Like exponentially. When we started extend our tagline was it's your first impression to the world yeah. of your business. And I still, it's not our tagline. I, I mean, we really have one right now. But I mean, I still believe that, that Google's your first impression to the world of your business and you better take some time to make it look good. Even if you get a referral, yep. if that person doesn't have your telephone number, they're like, oh, you know, it's it's yeah. Mark's oh. Mowing Company, just Google them. Yep. Well, I have a friend that owns Mark's Mowing Company and they have no Google page or yep. social media. Yeah. And so, you know what? They just probably lost the business because unless they run into their buddy again to say, hey, by the chance you have Mark's Mowing Company's number, uh, you're in trouble. You better call Mark. Tell him. Hey, you, you better figure out where in the world Mark is. Yeah. Uh, I've had a conversation with Mark's wife two weekends ago. <laughs> well, you might want to call again and just tell him he's on a podcast now. Just so you know. <laughs> hey, we called you. You better fix it. Hey, at, least, at least if all the people in Cincinnati start, uh, search Mark's mowing, yeah. they're not going to find it. They're not going to find it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Poor Mark. <laughs> Maybe he'll take a hand. You know? Yeah. Just send, him a, just send him a copy of this whenever it airs. Yeah. So if anyone here is named Mark. Uh... <laughs> you know who you are. So, All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. But I'll put the info in the, um, in the description. And it was great chatting with you all. And we'll probably do this again um, yeah. soon. So Absolutely. Thanks for having <clears throat> me on. All right. Peace out. They exclamated. LA Times, I stay on page six. I'm even your favorite's favorite. <laughs> you better, better tell them who's the boss, me. You